From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Ducks House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me today, Lee Chose, Jake LaTondras. Guys, how are you? Good. Hey, We're guys, good. what's happening? I missed y'all. <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> what happened last week? <laughs> we had a, we had a, we had, that was, that was one of my favorite conversations, podcast or not, that I've ever had because we got to talk about some things that I've, I've wanted to talk about for a long time. And you guys uh, obviously engaged it well. And, and uh, that, that was just fun. So I'm looking forward to today. It was fun. Did it sound too much like a conversation? Oh man, it was, was it good. was it interesting? Did the did the listenership did they like it? Did you get any I feedback? Left, I all right. So I left the podcast saying that it, and I wrote it in the description that it was one of the top three podcasts I've ever been a part of. And Holy. according to the numbers and the feedback that I've gotten from everybody. That's exactly what they thought too. Hmm. Yeah, I got I likewise uh on my feed and my private messages I got lots of comments about about that conversation too. So yeah, I think you know, I don't think our goal was for it to just go well. I think we just had a really good conversation and and uh a lot of people enjoyed it. Well that kind of but on the other side, Lee, I think you're asking, but we were scheduled to record on Thursday. And okay. So that's my fault. So oh, it does, my wife it and I matter. just my wife and I just opened a new vet clinic here in Oxford, and we extended our taxes. Well, corporate taxes were due as of yesterday, so we were finishing up a lot of stuff with the accountant. So it's my fault. Why can I? My mind was running nine different ways last week trying to finish all that up. Mm-hmm. No problem. All g- Not at all. All good. Here we are. Here we are. What should we so, talk about today? You know, I think that I always like to open it up with what are the conditions like? Because having somebody all the way in Colorado and all the way in Minnesota, what's it like? Right that right now, in those well, two places. You know, I can speak for Minnesota. My wife and I, we came home from. We have a place up in northern Minnesota, up by Canada. We were up there hunting rough grouse. It was opening weekend up there. Normally, it's well. It was thirty-five degrees Saturday morning up there, and when we came home last night, we live. For those of you that don't know, we live in kind of south southern minnesota outside the metro area minneapolis st paul like an hour south and a little west and it we got home at one in the morning and it was 73 degrees muggy weird just weird now today it's just like gross sticky well gross sticky for me compared to your gross sticky <laughs> a lot <different>. yeah <laughs> i gotta remember who i'm talking to here when you say when you t- when oh. you bring up the word humidity in the south you know coming from the west i mean it, it there there can't be anything more insulting to them <laughs> oh i've done some photo shoots down there in the in the summer like this one, we did a Polaris 
um, those mud vehicles, those, what do they call those, like razor mud mudders. Mm-hmm. We did a shoot for Polaris down there in July in those water holes that are in the middle of the woods. So, like, no wind, just, I mean, the nastiest. Oh, my God, is that bad. For me, like, you know, people will ask you, I ask all the time, like, Minnesota, like, the winters are horrible, right? I'm like, a Minnesota winter at minus 30 is nowhere near as nasty as that heat is for however many months it's like that down there. I'd, I'll yeah, take 30 below. Oh, yeah. That's beyond Me belief. Too. You can't get away. You can't. You can. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can warm up. You know, you can put mm-hmm. layers on. But, man, outside mm-hmm. in, the, in that kind of humid heat, you can't. I mean, you can't. You it's, cannot. It's, you can't run from it. <laughs> have you ever been sick from cold? I haven't. But I get sick from that heat. Oh yeah, that's a good point for sure. <laughs> the last the last time I was at Jake's house last middle of the summer last year, it was a hundred and four that day, Jake, when I was at your house in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And the it thing about bad, it was, it, you know, it was so dry when I when mm-hmm. I breathed, if it, it was almost burning my nose. It was so dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell people to be ready too, because they end up picking their nose. Frosted flakes starts building up in their nose <laughs> when people come out here and they just <laughs> they get all boogery. <laughs> oh. I was in, on a shoot. Mosquitoes. Either one of you have mosquitoes. Oh my god! Oh good! Oh good lord! Are everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah, we. Yeah, dude, we got mosquitoes in Minnesota. <laughs> How does a mosquito survive Minnesota? A Minnesota winter. I don't that, know. That's what makes him so tough and badass. <laughs> yeah. these, I mean, these things, these things eat. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, they yeah. can be pretty bad at times. They can be bad at times here. Not Alaska we bad, got- but they can be bad. Mm. I mean, they, they they probably sound like a a zero, a Japanese zero in a dive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly, exactly. The Walt power drill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, I will tell you this. I, you know, all the global warming addicts that are out there that they're say that the Arctic is melting away. The Antarctic right now is at a record high record high amount of ice this winter that they've ever recorded so pretty neat little fact and for all those saying that it's hot and we've had hot temperatures what the past 10 years of something else that came out in the past couple of weeks said that we were a few miles closer to the sun in our orbit around it earth Mm -hmm. has moved a little bit in its orbit which it does all the time sometimes it's further sometimes it's closer but anyway, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that Lee just takes Jake is a picture of full. I don't better not tell what's in this picture, but it falls is up in New York shooting geese right now. And they waylaid them. <laughs> they would have hurt on them today, didn't they? Oh, boy. Good he, you know, like I think we, I think we talked a little bit about this last time we chatted, and I told you, I said, like, regardless of what side of the fence you're on in the foils saga, he's probably the best hunter I've ever been around. You know what I mean by that? I mean, that guy can hunt. Anything, anything, including fish. He treats fishing like hunting. Mm-hmm. He treats going to get giant bullfrogs like that. He attacks spring morel mushrooms like that. I mean, the guy is a fantastic hunter and gatherer. 
He's a pretty really, and a gather. Oh, he is really, really fun to be around. Real serious, really fun. So yeah, seeing that picture from him this morning, I just bust out laughing. You know, I'm like, man, he's he's good at it. Do you think to, the full what? story? Do you think the full story was one of the biggest out there because of the combination of the internet plus who Jeff was? Do you think mm-hmm. that's what made it so big? Because if it would have happened, let me ask you this: if it would have happened. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years prior to when it did, never Would even it been that big of a yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wouldn't even heard of it. I mean, it, it still might have made to people. It might have made like a little cuffs and collar deal in the back of an outdoor news magazine or something like that. No big deal. But no, the timing, the timing of that definitely had. Well, there's lots of things like. A perfect storm. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen and come together, and it turns into a it turns into a deal. But those forums is where that thing got sideways. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's, it happens to people. It happens to people every year. You know, constantly through a hunt, every hunting season, and you don't. Uh, if if it happens to a big name. You know, then then it, it blows up like you said on on the forums mm-hmm. and social media and all that stuff and you know there's no question there's no question that that was the that was the biggest axe for for him mm-hmm. oh i i think i've told you this you know i mean i have lots of opinion on the whole saga thing the whole foil saga before well, like- during after all of it you know yeah, I'd like to hear it because I know that you played a huge part. I don't want to make it sound that, but it was big into who Jeff Falls became. Mm, I, I mean, Jeff made him. I, Jeff made himself. But what I'm saying is, from a brand standpoint, you helped build that brand. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would be true. I, I, I would say that Foils was Foils regardless of whether I was part of his life or not. He's still Foils, but the right. brand the, the brand building part, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. When you, hey Lee, when you, I got a question. Mm-hmm. When you, when you snap that 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 one particular photo of him and his dog, when mm-hmm. you looked at it after mm-hmm. you snapped it, did you know what it was going to do? Mm-hmm. I knew it when I it shoot did. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of those. That's it. You know, like we talked about that. We mentioned it. We hit on it. And that's really the only photograph we talked about. But I think you guys asked me, was there any, like, photographs that were, like, you know, game changers in our life? My, Me and Bonnie and my family. There was three of them. And that's really the only one we've talked about. There's two others. But... All when I shot all three of those photographs, I knew it when I did it. Not mm-hmm. not after I looked at it. I knew it mm-hmm. when I shot it. It was like magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I tell people this all. I've, I've I've said this a lot. My life seems maybe to some hectic stressful, Jesus, man, when are you going to slow down? Are you going to retire? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? What I want people to know is when I'm on location, everything can be like all hell breaks loose on a shoot, on a location shoot. It, It could just be a complete mess. When I get my big lens on a tripod and I kneel behind it, I'm always on my knees. And I sit down and I get behind the glass and it's go time. All of that shit goes away in my head. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect piece that you could ever imagine. I mean, I know exactly what I'm going to do 
and all of that clutter in my head in the world is completely gone. All I think about is what I'm doing. I don't even know if I'm thinking. I don't know what that is. But those three images that we can talk about, when it happened, I knew it. I mean, I knew it when it was going on. That's all I can tell you. As odd as that sounds, but I'm like, oh, man, this one's, this is magic right here. Mm-hmm. Fun. Fun stuff. What, no what, doubt. Lee, I think that you can give a perspective. Before we talk about those other two photos, I want to, I want to go into this for a second. I think you can give a different perspective on Jeff that a lot of people don't know. What mm -hmm. is it that connects you and Jeff? What do you see that mm. other people don't see? Well, <laughs> I don't know what what it is that connects people, whether it's like the first time you see a cool, you know, your first time you see your wife or whatever, you know, I've asked people that, you know, how did you two meet? Did you know it right away? And they're like, knew it right away. You guys ever hear that? Well, oh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, All the time. I, I always like Forrest. <laughs> I mean, I liked him from the day I met him. You know, and I don't know if, if I if I talked about this before, but that happened at a Ducks Unlimited outdoor festival in Memphis. I want to say in ninety ninety nine, and Jeff came up to me and introduced himself to me, and he said, "Hey, man, my name's Jeff Foyles," and he goes, "I love what you do." He goes, "I don't know if I can afford you, but I'd sure like you to help me." you know, market this deal. And I mean, one thing led to another and we just kept going. But if you, I guess that if you want to add, I've liked him at, from always. I've never not liked him. Let's, it didn't take five seconds. And I'm like, I, just whatever it was connected. Um, wasn't about the money. Wasn't about this or that. Any, no, it was no, yeah, not, no, always nothing, about, no, nothing I've ever done. I've nothing I've ever done. Money is, Money comes with what you do, mm -hmm. but it doesn't motivate me. It, it has nothing to do with what I do. It, mm -hmm. it just, I do, it has nothing, it doesn't motivate me. I guess that's all I can say. Art motivates me. People motivate mm -hmm. me. Things that, things inspire me. People inspire me. Jeff, I mean, hell, I mean, he, he was inspirational, I mean, in his own way. I mean, I know that might sound bizarre, but I mean, dude, the guy is on fire. He's an incredible hunter. He's a great friend. I'll give you, in between game fair up in Anoka, Minnesota, that game fair is two weekends in August. And there's a weekend, it's uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then another Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So there's a week in the middle. And Jeff would come and stay at my farm with my family. When had Luke and then the two girls, Gretchen and Carmen and Bonnie. And my family loves foils. My youngest daughter, Gretchen, we call her Gertie, she's 30 years old now. I think she still calls him Uncle Jeff. <laughs> I saw on social media that I guess he was there with you uh, a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. one of your daughters got on social media and was like, why didn't you tell me you were going to be there? Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, it's pretty upset. So what I'm saying is like, you know, for your children, cause you can't, you can't bullshit your children. They sniff all that out when they're young, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You, you can, can, you can bullshit adults against your bullshit. Yeah, you, that's right. Oh yeah. But you know, I mean, right. so like I'm saying, I mean, to them, Jeff's, he's Jeff, I mean, I mean, the dude's awesome. Right. So what I thought was, you asked me in the beginning, like my perspective on him, like what's different. I know Jeff as, as Jeff Foyles, as my buddy, not the persona that people might see. And now remember when people think about media and that's what, that's what those forums were back then. They were media. They were media to us before 
before Instagram right. and, and, that and was Instagram media. and that was it. That was it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mm-hmm. think about CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. Okay, all three of them have a major agenda. They don't report the news anymore. There's no journalism. It's all agenda. Mm-hmm. I'll argue that with anybody. Mm-hmm. Back when 100%. Walter Cron- back when Walter Cronkite was alive, he reported the news. I personally think Tom Brokaw is the last one left. Yeah. Okay. I was. I okay. literally was thinking his name. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. I, you know, when I like photographed Brokaw, what that was like. But he, when you go back to those days, now think about that. They finally, for the first time in their history or in history, people had a voice and a platform for it. They literally could say and do anything they wanted to with zero accountability. And they got their opinion based on somebody else's opinion. Well, think about how backwards that can get in a hurry. So when you take the foils, when when it started to go down, personally, we can get into the what I think the federal government's like in in this case, and a witch, a witch, what it turned into, a personal witch hunt. No, let's get this straight out front. Was he guilty? Yeah. And everybody says that, including him. Yeah, but what I'm going to talk about are lots of things that I personally think are way outside the the guilt. I'm going to talk about things that are, are just so bizarre to me, especially when I look in retrospect. It's even more bizarre to me. But what would I like to know about people to know about Jeff Foyles is, I mean, is everybody going to like him? No. Is everybody going to like Chose? No. Is everybody going to like Jake and Rocky? No. But is Jeff Foyles a good person? You bet he is. Absolutely. A great dude. Oh. Yeah. Let, let's take let's take this point. I want to I want to hear your thoughts on this, Lee. This mm-hmm. has always been a very very important part to me, mm-hmm. and I tried to express it to Jeff, and we talked about it a minute. We got sidetracked, and we never came back to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything that I wouldn't say to Jeff. Jeff and I have talked about it off the air, and on the air. All right. At the time that Jeff is filming duck hunt, duck and goose hunts, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. filming duck and goose hunts. There's videos mm-hmm. coming out of Primo's, Mossy Oak. Uh, mm-hmm. The list could just get, there's TV shows um, mm-hmm. surrounding waterfowl. All right, that's a common theme. All mm-hmm. of them are killing lots of birds. Another common theme. All right, the uncommon theme between Foles and the rest of them is, man, Foles was doing it uh, a little outside of the boundaries of what the other guys. He's, the he's other loud. guys kept it. <laughs> that is the best way to put it. The other he's guys loud, were man. doing it in a, in a gentleman fashion, oh, the way that it. Duck hunting has been photographed and put in paintings for years around the, you know, the whiskey on the porch after, and a cigar on the porch after the hunt. Oh, what a wonderful hunt. Jeff's playing hard rock music. He is, he's putting things on video that nobody else is doing. Anything wrong with it? He's putting things on video. Yeah, I mean, he's putting things on video that... We do, look, all three of us do on a goose and duck hunt, but we, ne- we never, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's those things that you do in private, but you don't put it in public. You understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, I, we, used, we, used, we used to argue about it. I mean, or it, ar- you're hunting out of a boat, you're hunting out of a boat, you, you slap the duck, you know, to finish a duck. You, I'm, I'm sorry if any... PETA people are listening. Look, you pick a duck up, he's still alive, you slap it on the side of the boat. You, you finish him. 
you're putting it out of his misery. I mean, you're just right. doing what you think is the quickest way to 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 expire the animal so it doesn't suffer. I mean, that's what it boils down to, right? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we that's the uncommon thing that I can find about Jeff versus the rest of the people. Now, mm-hmm. the guy that arrested Jeff, he wrote this huge article, huge, huge article for uh, Game Warden Magazine of the World or something is what it's called. Yep. I remember it. Yep. And the thing that he wrote about is the same theme that I've gotten from two other federal game wardens. Their line, and like I said, this must have been in these meetings that you have like with management or something because it's the same line. Respecting the resource. Mm-hmm. And I think, this is my opinion, I think that, that the things that like you said, Jeff was loud, mm-hmm. and the loudest mm-hmm. always get the most attention. Mm-hmm. And I think, in my opinion, that's why Jeff. I agree. Hundred percent. Say that again now. Mm-hmm. Jeff was putting things on video that mm-hmm. you just it R and T R and T. You're not going to put that on video. You're not going to you're not going to film some of those things that happen during a hunt and put it on TV. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to do it. Jeff was, and mm-hmm. you know, then then with the music, uh, just living out loud, just the kind mm-hmm. of the the new age duck hunter that Jeff was. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, I'm just I mean, saying that the loudest got the most attention by the game wardens. This guy's taking sure. a little too far. We need we need to calm him down. We need to back him. We need to back him down a little bit. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a you know what what's a good analogy of that? That's like you know everyone liked. Everyone liked Herschel Walker because he was quiet and humble, and no one liked Terrell Owens because he was loud and obnoxious. But they both Perfect. played the game at the at the highest level, right? Perfect. Absolutely mm-hmm. perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. But okay, but the lovers of the loud and obnoxious aren't necessarily loving that person because they're loud and obnoxious. They love that person because they're honest and real, and that's what, from a fan base, that's probably what, you know, the 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 success behind the Jeff Boyle story was, was that he's not scared. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to show everyone I'm not scared of anybody, and I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to, I'm gonna, and I'm not going to hide anything. And I think that's what people love about people like foils is that they're they're not scared to tell the truth and they're not scared to face the consequences if i mean of course he didn't you know he wasn't anticipating that kind of consequence but you know what i'm saying that's what makes people love people like that is that they say what everyone else wants to say but everyone else is too scared to say it mm-hmm. that's right there like when you talk about like characteristics that make you like the guy like me, I mean, part of that was even though I'd argue with him about things that, you know, brand wise or marketing, I mean, he did it. He did his own thing, man. He did it his, his own way and he was accountable for it. He, he, he didn't hide it. You know, I mean, did I like a lot of that stuff? No, I didn't. But it was Jeff was going to do it his way, and he did all the way. <laughs> oh, he did it all the way. Oh mm-hmm. man, you can't you know, help the second admire thing, that and respect it too, right? The the second thing that baffles me about mm-hmm. Jeff mm-hmm. in the South, we celebrate. There, there's a culture that celebrates killing, and then in killing like killers. 
we, you know, some of the biggest stars in the South are, they kill big deer. Yeah, on, on camera. Michael Waddell. Mm-hmm. Bill Robertson's a freaking killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tons of ducks. Uh, mm-hmm. Will, Brad, Toxie. Uh, the the list just go Bill Jordan. The list just mm-hmm. goes on and on. How we celebrate people that kill a lot on camera, and I and I say kill, take whatever animals. Okay? Yep. The thing that baffles me is Jeff was never really accepted in the South, but he was a killer. Is it because he wasn't one? He was looked at as a just a Midwest guy, maybe a Yankee. Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't the South? Because that's who we celebrate. Why wasn't he accepted in the South? No, oh, I because he's he's not one of them. He's he's not a tribal. Mm-hmm. He's not a timber. He's not a timber greenhead guy that. You know that has that accent and that this it, it, different, it, completely different vibe, completely different animal. You know, I believe it's tribal. It, I mean, it goes back to our tribal instincts to be, you know, to to be loyal culture. to the people that represent your own culture. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a culture thing for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Yep. I, I would say that in the south when the news was released about Jeff that, oh man, it was people just eating it up, blowing it up everywhere. While in the Midwest and probably up North, it was a step back. Let's, let's wait till all the facts come out. But in the South, I can remember on two forums, like you guys were talking about huge duck hunting forums, it was almost a celebration, and they believed every word put out by the feds mm-hmm. when the indictments came out, mm-hmm. which were just spitballs. So think about that, right? Think of that, that. That's it right there. That's where this whole thing, like, completely went haywire, in my opinion, because you assumed, they assumed guilt and then somehow that justified their rants, their personal rants or personal agenda that they would spew on those forums. And that's that's not true. We all know what we all know what they hung on him in the end, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. if, let's take guys down south. I'm not talking about now, but I'm talking back in the day. I mean, was baiting a big thing down south? Yeah, it was huge. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? Mm-hmm. For sure. It, yeah, was a, sure. it was a big deal. That's what I meant. I mean, it was a big deal, right? There's lots of things that have gone on. The Foyle's case... Shooting over the was, limit. Was, 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 a personal, was a personal... Vendetta. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So what you're saying is, is the, the the fat girl in the room that's making fun of the fat girl from a psychology standpoint is kind of we always uh, blow up qualities, bad qualities in ourselves that we see in others. Well, make sure everybody I, knows about those qualities in that other person. I really think it goes back to kind of what you said a few minutes back where his persona and the way he was eventually like got to somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I right. do believe that. I do believe that. Jeff got and to someone else's Jeff ego. And... Right. We should have Jeff just call in and we'll have him. One day we'll talk about this one right here because, I mean, he just, 
if you rub a guy that wants to bring, well, there's other reasons on why, you know, I mean, how it started. I mean, eventually they had so much money wrapped up in this thing. They're like, there's no way we're letting this thing go. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I, I just, I can't even believe it. When I think about it right now, you put a guy in prison for 13 months, the last 56 days in the hole for shooting ducks. I just, for the life of me, I can't get over that. Unbelievable. I'm not saying he's not wrong or guilty. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to do that, there's a lot of people that need to be in prison in this country. A lot. Jeff, he ain't mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. I'll take that one to my grave. He ain't one of them. Let me say this. Jeff Foles and Lee Chose on the same phone line. I, I was <laughs> sitting here thinking in my head what that's like because <laughs> I've actually been on a conference call with both of them. And the two things that came to mind was, one, you remember the the two puppets connected each other on Sesame Street? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or a active, like, mosh pit. Man, these suckers get so hyped up when they get around each other. It's nuts. And they they get it's fun, it's fun to sit back and, and listen to Lee and Jeff together. I'll just say that. Well, normally it's normally it's fun and it's a blast. But I mean, this you know when we're talking about this part of the foils thing, it's not there's nothing that's a blast about any of this. This sucked. This was bad. What you know, did you see in? Let me ask you this. This is a great question, Lee. Who did you see? What? Who and what did you see in Jeff free kind of going through this? And what was he like afterwards? Oh man! Other than other than the born again part of Jeff right now, which is really cool because. It really helped him find peace and forgiveness, and that's definitely something that he had to find to move on. Well, I guess I guess you don't have to. I guess you could just not find it and just sit and be miserable, but he's not like that. He moved on. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's that much different. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Jeff's Jeff. I think Jeff is Jeff. That's what I think, and I love him for it. <laughs> you thirteen I mean, when, months you, in prison. You, you lost everything. You lost everything. Your family, your friends, your people that just completely blew you off, and now you're back, and you're you're healthy, and you're happy, and you're doing it good again. I mean, I, doesn't America love a comeback? Mm-hmm. I yeah. do. Jake. I mean, Jake dude, said look it at many times. look at Tiger. Look at Tiger. When Tiger was in the running at the Masters on Sunday, wearing his red shirt, are you shitting me, dude? Duck Hunters tuned in. Yeah, record numbers. Duck Hunters mm-hmm. tuned in to watch Even- Tiger wearing red on Sunday at the Masters. It's fantastic. Now, and did people jump on the anti-Tiger bandwagon? Oh, big time. Hated him, piece of garbage, piece of shit. Can you believe he did this? Can you believe he did that? You know how I used to look at Tiger? I looked at Tiger like that dude is brilliant. I mean, his his craft, his work, not him, not his mind. I mean, maybe that is too, I don't know. But watching him when he was on top of his game, are you kidding me? That guy was breathing different air like Mike was. So... Like, and I look at foils and I'm like, gosh, I hope in this country that people still have the decency to allow him to come back and make a living doing what he loves to do. Do I want that for him? I'd love that. I'd love to see a guy go through that, what he did, make amends, come back, and be part of this community again. You don't need to like it. 
there are going to be the people that just don't nope, fuck him. Can't stand him. Guy's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. That's just not right, man. That's just not right. And I think <laughs> Americans have compassion and they love a comeback. And I'd love to see one. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys, those guys that are like that, they drive the brand further than somebody that's in love with the guy. Mm-hmm. People that hate. Yeah, there's validity to that because they're the ones that raise the topic and bring it to the surface, which creates more publicity around it and exposure and all that stuff, for sure. Well, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I, I thought it would be a good a good segment to to ask you about it, Lee, because I know that you and you and Jeff are really close, good friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of bring a unique perspective to that story. Remember, it's my opinion. It, it, none of nothing I say means I'm right. <laughs> it's my opinion, though. I love them, dude. My whole family does. That's all I can tell you. We love them. That's what I can tell you. Don't you love your friends, whether it's good, bad, right or wrong? Don't you stick with your buddies? You have to. You you know the core. You know the core. You know better than anyone else. And and you know you 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 can't. You can, but that's what you love, and that's what you know. You know the truth, and that's what you know. That's that's the bond there, right? In the end, that's all there is is truth. And like when you have a buddy, I mean a real one. Hmm. You don't even though there's ups and downs, trials, tribulate, all of it. I get it, right? But they're your buddy. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Why don't we? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, talking about ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Why do we have so many people in our culture today <clears throat> that live from emotional high to emotional high? It seems like that there we live in a time that it's just too much one screen time. Moment. Too I much screen time. Too much screen time and not enough living outside. I would agree with people that. Don't, people don't live their lives outside like we used to when we were younger. They think, and they they think what they see on the screen is reality, is real. Well, I'm not saying some of it's not, but I can point out a whole bunch of things on Instagram. <laughs> They're not real. <laughs> it's, oh, as, it's as fake as fake <laughs> can get. It's it's the epitome of fake news. Oh, oh. that's yep. a whole nother podcast series. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Don't get me going on that one. No, I'll hear. Please, uh, give me an example. Not, not boy, like boy. a direct example, an indirect example of what you're talking about. It's just about. fake. I mean, you don't need painting. You, you don't need to be. You don't even need. You don't need to be real. Instagram. There was a day. Just take photographers, writers. Things like that. Just take that. Back in the day, people to get published had to be really, really good at what they did. That's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Now you not only can get published, but you have a platform for your voice. It doesn't mean it's real. And there's a whole bunch of them out there. I can speak for the hunt space. I'm not quite as in, plugged into the fish space, but the hunt world I am. That it's the same. It's the same over I there. Pers- fish space. I personally, personally don't think some of the things that you see on Instagram, if it weren't for Instagram, you'd have people that weren't even in the sport. Let's just leave it at that. But they do it for the post. It's mm-hmm. all about the post. It's not only that they create a the post. 
they create a fake narrative because of their it's all about their insecurities and their desire to be somebody quote unquote and i mean to me sometimes i feel sorry for people because they have such a fake feed from everything from filters you know on their face or their 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 body their physique or whatever or their whatever it is it's so fake that i feel sorry for them because it it looks like they're so insecure that they have to do that just to get people to like them and i'm really really sorry if that hurts anybody's feelings out there particularly some of my friends that do it and people that i know and all that stuff but quite frankly i'm kind of, it's kind of making me nauseous because because I don't feel like it's healthy. I don't think that's healthy for you. I don't feel like it's healthy for the viewers. I don't feel like it's healthy for the world because it's a freaking lie. Be who you are and accept that and, and just appreciate who the hell you are. Jesus Christ. I don't even want to get started on this. <laughs> let's, let's, we can dig into that one deep one day if you want to. I mean, Obviously, be worth you know, a, it would be worth a podcast for sure. <laughs> oh, I might get a lot of hate mail on that one. Wow, that's fine. Let's just go down that road. It's the truth. Yeah. Why not? We've been we've oh, been talking about truth. why you know what people loved about foils. Why can't we just speak our mm. minds and and say oh, what everyone else wants to hear anyway? Right? No, mm. oh, you know I'm gonna. I will. Yeah, for yep. sure. Hmm. You see a lot of similarities. We, we just got just a couple of minutes left because th this may take too long. But you see a lot of similarities in how things are photographed on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, but let me present this point of view. Aren't there only so many ways uh, out of uh, uh, a scene can be captured by a camera? I don't think so. I think it's always it's always changing, isn't it? Hmm? Yeah. Remember we talked, I didn't think we talked, like I mentioned this, I, you know, if somebody asked me, you know, like, do you ever worry about running out of ideas? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. And they're like, you know what I'm going to say, right, Jake? right mm -hmm. we've had this right and i'm like no i i don't worry about running out of ideas and they're like why not and i'm like well because they're not mine <laughs> and then they're like well well how do you explain that they're not yours well if you look at some of those pictures or a beautiful scene or whether it's dogs or children or ducks and geese coming in or beautiful light or mountains and rivers and rainbow trout or whatever. And then I sit there, this, I'm always humbled by how insignificant I am at that moment because it's everything else that's going on me that I had absolutely no control over. And then I personally think I was given a gift. We can argue where that gift came from. I'd love to argue that or debate it, but I know it didn't come from me. I know that. You just you sit there and you look at it, and what the gift is, is I was given the ability to look at something or see something differently than somebody else saw it. Jake is a great photographer, and Jake could be sitting right next to me and we could be looking at the exact same thing and shoot it two different ways or see something different going through the images or whatever. But it would be different. So is there only... No, 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 it's never going to end. Never. Mm -hmm. I mean, the question there is, how, how, do you, how do you run out of ideas? Okay. Like, what, I don't so even know I what that say, means. I would say you'd run out of ideas 
if you really think you are the creator. That's but I got news for you, dude. Deep. You you ain't the creator. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, what, what was it in the last podcast? No one, no one that's ever done anything great did it by themselves. There's and and you don't create that Mm-mm. stuff. You just do Mm-mm. not. All right, let me ask two leaders. You don't own it. You you two guys are leaders in this space. So let me ask you this. Is imitation flattery? Because a lot of things you you two do is very unique. No, but well, first, first of all, I don't look at I don't look at I look at two things. You either help. I don't look at imitation. I look at is it possible that somebody else in their work, their body of work, has inspired you to do things that you never thought you'd do before? That's cool, really cool, like the coolest. But Think there about another, that. That's but, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But there's an, there, there's yeah, a but lot there's of a, people that have jumped in here because of you and Jake. Well, but there's also a whole bunch that is just plagiarism. Yeah. yeah. And I have no re- I have no respect for plagiarism. Plagiarism no. is is doing a work and passing that work off as if it was your own. No, I have exactly. no respect for that. None. I have no respect for any And and they're and they're the same people that are out there going into the space trying to get what you've worked hard to gain, even if it's just no. the business itself. They're no, trying right. to steal no. your business. Now, Rocky, back up a second to what I said this, in my belief, right? When I go, no way, dude, I'm not the creator. The people that are plagiaristic, they think they're the creator. They look at something and go, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, that's not art. That's not what we're talking about. Photographers mm-hmm. are just artists. The camera's just That's another right. tool. It could be a paintbrush. It could be a hammer. And you're an incredible yep. carpenter. It could be whatever it is. It, it, art is art. Art is not plagiarism. There's no room for plagiarism in art. Mm-hmm. So, style. You better. All right. Well, let's talk you, style for a second. Because you okay. guys have a style. And if you inspire you're just somebody you. to do you're just something, you though. That's what makes I, an artist a, a true artist is that you. Lee is just Lee. He doesn't. He like if I can speak, cut me off anytime, Lee. Okay, but he does what he does, and that's how he sees it. That's what that's he creates it because that's what he thinks. You know is is art that's his art and and i don't really necessarily think i mean i think style can be over a a you a word that's abused or over overused because it's just lee that's his personality that's his character that's how he grew up that's all the things combined i mean whatever he creates today is a culmination of everything that he's that he's created in the past everything from from you know just everything that he's done and i think that's what identifies him as him. It's not a style, but that's that's his identity. That's what art is. Is that not right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you don't you don't you don't really you know. I would look at. I mean, architects are artists too because they they see things different a different way. But oh, I no think question. you know, visual art in in the in the. Yeah paint in the in the medium world is is it's just how you see the world and the true artists the people that stand out the lee choses the bill buckley's the clay connors the tom martinos that's how they see the world and that's what that's what makes right. them unique and what's makes right. them what makes them successful great great designers yeah i mean like there's great designers there's designers of clothing there's designers of of automobiles there's in the rock bands of the 70s the late 60s or whatever i mean there's artists they're original right this is what i tell people 
what I like to say all the time is there's no substitute for talent. Designers change the world and salesmen run it. Mm -hmm. That is exactly right. But art, art is what influences culture and changes the world. Back in the Vietnam era, look at the music. Look at look at those songwriters, what they wrote about. Mm-hmm. That changed the world. If I, if I are... sat around and, and just really studied mm-hmm. Jake LaTondres or Lee Chose's work, wouldn't that train my brain to see the world like Lee Chose or Jake LaTondres? I think if you let it, I think if you let it happen and you put your own spin on it and it inspired you, I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. If you took it as like a plagiaristic approach, then no, it has no value. No, I'm talking about you'll, inspiration. You'll, yes, definitely. I I would hope, I would hope that someday, when I'm old, some might think I'm getting there, <laughs> but when I look back. I, I would think that would be a pretty cool thing to look back at my body of work and think I actually inspired somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I do look done. at our, oh yeah, I do look at our work and I, I mean, our responsibility is we're the voice of the outdoors. It's a big responsibility. I hope I inspire mm-hmm. somebody. Hope so. I think one of so, the, one of the, one of the assets that a true artist brings to the table for themselves and for the industry is that they're forward thinkers and they react. They react like it's almost like, you know, it's almost like, like you said one time, Lee, you see a big crowd and you go, mm, I'm going to go the other direction. And, oh, and you've heard me say true, that. Mm-hmm, and yeah, true you've artists, heard me say that before. Yep. Mm-hmm. And true artists, they're the ones. They're they're tr- you call them trendsetters or whatever you want. They're they're really it, it, it's not they don't go out and try to set trends. They just you know you just want to be different. You don't want to be like everyone else because at the end of the day, all the plagiaristic people, all the copycats, all the people that are in the monkey see monkey do world, they are <laughs> part of the trend. Right, they they follow the trend because they don't know how to think on their own. They it's just I wanna, not there. I want to set and, trends. I don't want to follow them. That's right. That's what but, I want. But isn't Your their work, ceiling lower? Oh, What's that? They don't even know what their ceiling is. But I'm saying the people that are plagiaristic have a much much lower ceiling than oh, than somebody that's up. unique. They're, they're, they don't even they're stuck one. in a mud hole and they can't get out. They don't even realize I don't, that. I don't even think that work is relevant. Therefore, mm-hmm. I don't even talk about it. That's not even you're not even in the discussion. It's like the difference between something custom built, hand built, that's solid as a rock, and then sending it to China and have them rip it off and do it for 19 cents an hour. Then it comes back where you get what you pay for, right? If you hire Lee Chose, you hire Lee Chose to brand your company. And, and I'm talking about brand it, like for real, <laughs> the real deal. Or you go out because you can't afford it, which is fine. I mean, not everyone has you know a budget and everyone starts from somewhere. But you go out and hire someone that copies, that has, that try, not, I'm not going to say copy because that is the wrong word that attempts to copy Lee's work, then you're going to get what you pay for because all they know is is what they know up to that point. They have zero knowledge and zero experience about the rest of it, which is probably more important than just the work, the art itself, is how to, how to establish it, how to work it, how to, how to promote it, how to drive it, how to distribute it, all those things that's where that's where the experience comes in and that's what separates if you if you're just comparing apples to apples you can't because 
you have to take someone's ability and their knowledge and their experience into consideration because at the end of the day, I mean, that's what's going to make it successful, in my opinion, or more successful. We can. I want. I want to keep continue this next week, further, and and spin that podcast on it. Okay. Next week. So that's we can the do plan that. right now for next week. Okay. But we are out we of time, Jake. I know you got to get on the road soon, Lee. Both of y'all, I've enjoyed it. Great, Thank great you. Conversation really had a good time today. We want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast powered by DuckSouth.com.